Lisa K. 10 to noon on KTOE. All right, we are on Talk of the Town. It is 11 minutes after 10 o'clock. Cold weather on the way. Buckle up, people. We're going to have a tough conversation today, one I've been looking forward to having for quite some time. And our guest today in studio, I got to make sure the microphone is on and up for Jane Vader. Jane is the South Central Minnesota Regional Navigator with Lutheran Social Service Safe Harbor Program. Did I say that all right? You got it. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming in, Jane. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you, almost in a a guilty kind of way. Like, I really just wanted to have this chat with you. So um, let's talk a little bit about what you do, because you work to prevent uh, childhood exploitation, like human exploitation, I I should probably say, right? Right, right. And um, believe it or not, a lot of people don't understand that it happens here. It happens in South Central Minnesota, which is our region. Um, We serve a 10-county region with Lutheran Social Service, um, and we have had cases in every single county um, that we work in. We've had, um, we work closely with law enforcement and other social service agencies and um, really anybody, schools, anybody that has um, access to young people, we partner with them and we've received referrals in every county in our our 10-county region. Um, to the west of us, it's Watanwan County. To the east, it's Waseca County. And north, is, we go as far as Sibley and McLeod County. And then down along the Iowa border, Faribault Martin. And then, of course, Blue Earth Nicollet and Brown County. Um, I'm missing some. There's 10. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. it, it's it's this whole region. Um, I think the buzz phrase that we need to mention is, is human trafficking. Um, right. And we've all heard human trafficking. We know it's bad. We don't know exactly know what it is. So I, I want to start with kind of a working definition from somebody in the field. And how long have you been working in this field? Sure. So I have been um, with the REACH Resource Center with Lutheran so- Social Service for, it'll be 10 years in June. And we, um, if I could just start back with why we got involved. Mm-hmm. So the REACH Resource Center, um, since 2000. 11, I want to say um, there were some grassroots things going on um, before that, but 2011 we opened our drop-in center, which is now called our resource center, to youth who are experiencing homelessness, couch hopping, runaway youth. And in 2014, the Safe Harbor Law was enacted in the state of Minnesota to uh, decriminalize prostitution, really, for those under 18. So historically, if someone was caught doing any sort of sex work, they also uh, they would be arrested, and then they also incurred criminal charges, and then you know that limited them from getting out of that life even further. That became another barrier to them getting sure. to safety, um, because then that prostitution charge would be on their criminal record, which makes it hard to get housing, get a job, get into right. school. So, um, so we learned about that through our work at the Reach. In 2014, 2015, we really jumped in because we learned um, this is a fact that runaway and homeless youth have higher vulnerabilities just by the fact that they don't have, they need their basic needs met. Mm-hmm. And so they, uh, we started asking the question to the youth that we met with at the Reach, have you ever, have you ever traded us any sex act for anything, food, drugs, transportation, a place to sleep, and overwhelmingly all genders across the board answered yes, oh. that in some way they had been exploited in order to get their basic needs met. And so we were like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, we, issue, yeah, right? we need to be in this fight. We need to, to uh, throw our hat in the ring. And so 
We uh, got some training for some prevention curriculums. We um, applied for and received grant money from the Minnesota Department of Health. Um, and we get some funding from United Way now, quite a big portion. So I want to shout out to United Way because they, they, they are just wonderful. They mm-hmm. increase our funding almost every year with mm-hmm. their fundraising. Um, and so um, we started in 2015 and there was, um, we got a grant for my position and we started doing case management. So we started um, with like meeting, getting out and talking about human trafficking, sex trafficking, exploitation to really whoever would listen. And then we started to receive referrals. Um, and then through our research center at The Reach, we, um, I mean, we were busy right away. We were we were identifying young people in need of services, safe harbor-specific services, to um, get out of that life, to prevent getting into that life. Um, and, yeah, we got a lot of disclosures from a lot of young people. Um, and I can get into what that all looks like. I don't want to jump too far ahead yeah, of you, Lisa. No. no, no, no. I mean, and I think w- when we start off with um, that kind of an explanation, the working definition then of trafficking is for you. Uh, just it, yep, it is. It's trading sex for anything of value. Okay. Really. All right. Yep. Um, the, the state is, we're working through the legislate, legislature, legislation. That was a horrible what is word that for word? me, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, we're working to create safe harbor for all, which would take away that the um, criminal aspect for all ages. Okay. Because chances are when we meet with, when we meet a survivor um, who's 30, they may have been brought into that life. When, when they, were, they were young. When yeah. they were younger, yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Um, what in our area we I mean we would tend to have that thought that doesn't happen here but you're here to say it most definitely does and it is happening here it is what is it and what is it not what are we missing when we don't have we've got the working definition now but yeah is it the creepy guy in the white van in the <laughs> parking lot that's going to snatch my child from my cart when I... What is sure. it and what is it not? Sure. It's not that. It's not that. Right. Um, the Safe Harbor Network nationally has changed, um, really worked hard to change a lot of the... Um, a lot of the visual things that have been put out, like we no longer would use um, uh, in any brochures or information that we put out a child with duct tape on their face or or their hands bound which is what we used to do we used to call it modern day slavery we don't call it that anymore Mm -hmm. we um it's not it's not the sensational thing that you may see in movies um unfortunately it's much it's much harder to detect um so what it's not is that it's not the it's not the van um, the ways that people are brought into this into this life are f- called force, fraud, and coercion, and force is the least. It does happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do see those are the things that get on the news. Those are the things in the movies that someone snatched sure. from a playground. Um, but very rare. Those are just the, those are just sensationalized. What it does look like is um, in, within intimate partner relationships. So a boyfriend or a girlfriend hmm. can exploit. It can be a one-time thing. It often can be a survival, but a means for survival. So we meet young people who do it themselves. Um, mm-hmm. The internet has changed the mm-hmm. world of sexual exploitation, so people can hide behind their keyboards um, and and purchase another person. Um, 
that way, um, set up dates or, or whatever. Um, there's all sorts of things. I don't think we have time to get into everything that the Internet has to offer around sexual exploitation. Um, um, something that's hard to hear is that it often happens within families. So oh. we've had parents that um, traffic their children, um, grandparents, we've heard those stories, um, uncles, aunts. Um, siblings, you know, it happens within families. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not really what you think it might look like, or what what we've been taught that it looks like. It's it's a more hidden thing. You know, at the Reach, we started this um, when we started working with homeless kids. The community, our community, said, "There's no homeless kids here. There's no homeless people here because we don't <laughs> see it." Yeah, right. right? So then <clears throat> the truth is homelessness can be couch hopping. Homelessness just means you don't have your own place. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes with um, um, prostitution, sexual exploitation, and trafficking is that um, just because we don't see it, there's not people working the streets. Um, it's, it's happening. And it always has been happening. That's another thing I want to point out is that this is not a new phenomenon. It's been happening since the beginning of time, since there were people. So, uh-huh. um, <clears throat> yeah, it's we're not. We're just finding out about it now. And it's, 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 it's a hot be, topic yeah, right I mean, now. Movies that come yep. out and uh, news stories. Certainly we still hear about big names oh, uh, yeah. in the news. Right. I mean, well. Lists that are popping up all over the place, right? Right. Uh, A conversation today about, uh, well, since January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, we've got Jane Vader in, and Jane is the South Central Minnesota Regional Navigator for Lutheran Social Service Safe Harbor Program, working to prevent childhood exploitation. I want to talk a little bit uh, in the rest of the hour that we have about um, what do we look for and who's doing this? Like, who, who's buying the, the children that are being trafficked? Um, and then what happens afterwards, after you're over 18? So all these questions that I've got for you coming up in just a bit. Stick around. It's Talk of the Town, Middays with Lisa Kay here on KTOE. Thanks for listening. Back on Talk of the Town, KTOE, Lisa Kay on your midday. Darius is sitting chair two right now. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Came in for this conversation. This is yeah. an interesting conversation that we're having today. Yeah, I was intrigued. I, you know, there's, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of misconceptions about this certain topic. So I just, I wanted to learn for myself. So it's like class for me right now. Right. January yes. is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And Jane Vader is with us. She works with the Safe Harbor Program with Lutheran Social Service and our friends at The Reach as well. And we're talking a little bit about, uh, we talked earlier about the working definition of uh, what trafficking is, but who gets trafficked? Who is vulnerable? Who ends up in, in this predicament? Yeah. Good question. Um, when we do our prevention groups in schools, there's always one kid when we come in and say, hey, this is what we're going to talk about. We're here to do this group with you. And we're going to talk about this. There's always one kid that's like, whoa, why am I in here? This, I would never do that. There's a lot of victim blaming that goes on. Like, I'm not that dumb. I would never do that. We have had youth come back a year later and say, everything you said happened to me. Mm. Traffickers are slick. They're manipulative. They're smart. They're organized in some cases, um, and anybody really could fall prey to that. So some vulnerabilities include, I mean, it's really about vulnerabilities for young people. Mm -hmm. And so some vulnerabilities um, are just like all of the adverse childhood experiences, like experiencing child abuse, childhood sexual abuse, domestic violence in the home, addiction, 
um, within your family or your own addiction. It often starts with um, young people are risk takers, and so um, and their brains aren't fully developed, mm-hmm. right? And so I say that all the time. Frontal yep. lobes aren't closed. <laughs> They're not yeah. closed, and so sometimes it sounds like fun. Like let's go to a club. You want some? Do you want? Uh, do you want a drink? Do you want some drugs? That stuff's free. It's free. It's free. Now it's not free. Mm. There's time. Traffickers will play them for a long time. So there's grooming that's involved. It's, that's the word. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So that's part of the grooming process. Now maybe you have an addiction to something, and um, you've because of the risky behaviors, you've lost a lot of your um, protective factors. You've lost your support system. Your family and friends have given up on you. Um, now you are, are dependent. Now you're dependent on that trafficker or that life or that group of people that you've been um, experiencing all these things with. Um, Homelessness certainly is a risk factor, food insecurity, um, all of those basic needs, um, rejection from family. So youth growing up in foster care systems, um, growing up just in dysfunctional families where there's abuse or substance abuse or domestic violence, um, poverty certainly. um, we also have to keep in mind that some groups are disproportionately at risk. So um, black, indigenous, and people of color are at a higher risk. The, um, um, those who come from um, re- uh, refugees and immigrants that maybe don't speak the language mm-hmm. of the land, wherever they happen to be, um, our LGBTQ um, population are at a higher risk, and those living with physical and mental disabilities hmm. are at a higher risk. And so, um, traffickers are, like I said, they um, this is what they do. do. So they'll continue to they'll target that. Absolutely, they can figure that out when yep. you're missing something. Yep, or when you're vulnerable in a certain area, they yep. can target it. Yep, and then they also we've seen. Um, will have people that they have in their in their grasp, whatever. Um, go out and, f- and recruit other young people ah, to come and work with them. Maybe more of the same. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And so when you think about, like, when 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 we all shut down during COVID and everybody went home and went online. Right. So think of that as an example. Think of that young person who doesn't have a lot of friends in real time or has lost them because of the isolation that COVID created. Now they're talking to people online. Mm-hmm. And if you know young people... They they want followers. They mm-hmm. have more followers than friends, and they um, are maybe more um, um, willing to give up personal information to strangers mm-hmm. online that they think they can trust. Lisa K in the midday on KTOE. Back on KTOE middays with Lisa K. A difficult conversation, but one that needs to be had. Is January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and Jane Vader, our guest today from South Central Minnesota Regional Navigator of the Safe Harbor Program for Lutheran Social Service. I'll get it in there. Uh, basically, you work to to save those that are being trafficked and bring awareness. There's a lot of awareness um, coming this month, Jane. Darius is sitting in with us as well. Uh, and we're talking a little bit about, uh, we talked about vulnerability and who gets trafficked, which just leads to the next question for you. I, I think you're probably thinking the same thing, like who does the trafficking? Like, right, and, yeah. And we, we, she talked about um, from the level of it, it can be family members. It can be boyfriend, girlfriend, spouses, whatever. It can, it can be somebody that you would think you could trust. Who's doing the buying is what I want to know. Like, what what does the typical 
buyer of somebody that's being trafficked look like? Okay, you ready? I'm ready for this. Uh, so it is. it has been, you know, statistically we know... Um, and from arrest records, and it is a fact that um, men bisex very rarely do um, female identifying at all people purchase sex. Um, so it is men. The demographics tend to be 30 to 60 year old, um, um, mostly Caucasian men, um, educated, fathers, married. Uh, whoa. Yeah. yeah, that was going to lead me to my question. So even with the, with the demographic with just then within that group is it mostly people who are like in you know maybe positions of powers or like a often. or is it more often like is it low income community or socioeconomic status like, you gotta have money right it's not yeah. that can't be cheap right. unfortunately right. yeah yeah it really runs all socioeconomic um all levels of that um you know there are different levels there are um you know you can pay twenty dollars for something mm-hmm. um so there are different levels of of exploitation and and the actual acts that are performed um so you know really anybody can anybody with access to a computer that's changed mm-hmm. too because you don't have to you know like in the movies like we were talking about right. all the myths surrounding it you don't have to pull up on a street and 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 solicit sex that way you can do yeah. it behind your computer anonymously and, and set up meetings um so yeah, it's really um, often there is a, a position of power, and that goes for the traffickers as well. So there are people in positions of power. Um, you know, when we talk about childhood sexual abuse outside of trafficking mm-hmm. as well, um, it's often the coach or the probation officer or the um, principal or, um, again, like yeah, parents or, you know, in power. somebody in a position of power that can coerce that young person into doing into doing that. All right. Well, that probably scared a lot of people out there. I, I mean, know. And it's I know. It's a tough to, conversation. And not designed to scare, but also right. just demographically, like this is what you're finding with your years of research and your years of doing this job. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many myths out there. And so what we really want to do is is educate our communities and educate um, and educate parents. We don't want to scare people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We just want to get the right information out. So, Jane, what does it look like then when when um, if if we are not purchasing sex from, you know, trafficked yeah. human beings, what should I be looking for when I'm out in public? Yeah. Um, what what should be a red flag for me? That's like there's something not right here. There's something. Sure. This is not all the back alley, dark of night kind of stuff that's happening. It's not. No. So some things to look out for, um, you know, my um, I have a great team that I work with, a great team of people. A couple of them are, are new. And so um, we're they're learning um, the things that um, I try. I, I try to guide them to not get hard to the world, because mm-hmm. often I I think everything looks a little bit suspicious. You right. know, um, I was in the Mall of America parking lot, um, the ramp at the Mall of America years ago. Yeah. And there was a. a, a a man transferring luggage from his trunk to someone else's trunk, and I was like, "That's a, that's those are traffic. That's a sign. That's a sign. Yeah. Those yeah. are traffic." Yeah. And, and and you know what? It might have been, um, but it might not have been. But it might it might have been some yeah. co-parenting or somebody handing over their kid for a sleepover, whatever. But you can really get boggled down by thinking being suspicious of everything. Right. Um, so I mean, even in the bathroom, the now thing, at Quick Trip, they have the signs that are like, "Is yeah. this happening to you?" And like, yeah. oh, "Oh wow, yeah. I'd never." 
That's part of our outreach team, oh, too, okay. is that they go out and put those in, yeah. And oh. we've had great reception from all sorts of businesses that allow us to put those those things up. Okay. Because if someone is um, being held against their will, it's um, the bathroom is a good spot if they have access to a phone um, right. to write down that number. Um, so some things to look out for um, are um, signs of abuse, healed abuse even. So... Um, an, an injury that maybe healed wrong, like they didn't seek medical care. Mm. Um, actual abuse, you know, signs of, of trauma, physical trauma. Um, when a young person, or it doesn't even have to be a young person, when a person is with another um, person that seems to be in control of them, like they don't speak when that person is standing next to them, they don't make good eye contact um, when you're mm-hmm. when you're trying to speak to them, um, running away is a big sign substance abuse is also part of this whole game mm-hmm. um, um, withdrawing so you know not going to school anymore not going to work anymore not showing up at family events not hanging out with their old friend group anymore so withdrawing um, and these are all things that can in and of themselves be normal mm-hmm. but they I, I'm highlighting them just because they are things to, to, to just say, hmm, what's going on? Is so, there something going on? Also, things of value. Oh. So how does that 14-year-old have a, have the new iPhone? Uh-huh. How does that kid have a coach bag or whatever? Right. Whatever, you know, something, things that are expensive. How did, it's worth, an, it's worth a question to young people. How did you get that? Mm-hmm. Right. How do you, um, when you, how do you get people that are working with you like how do you do you find them do they yeah. come to you yeah let me talk um, briefly about our curriculum that, that we do in schools because it's one of the one of the best ways that we get new referrals we do a five session curriculum called not a number and it's meant to be a prevention curriculum for young people of all genders um, and in that we talk about healthy relationships the grooming process um, um, the risk factors vulnerabilities um, we do a lot of case scenarios, a mm-hmm. lot of case scenarios, talking about how things happen, how young people get involved in this. At the end of each of those sessions, we give every we give all the youth involved a note card, and we say write <clears throat> write something down. Everybody writes something so it remains confidential, mm-hmm. um, and then hand those in. And so, and then we say if you want to report something and you want us to do something about it, give us your contact information, and we can. We'll, okay. We'll reach out after that. So that's where we get a lot of disclosures. Some examples of disclosures are um, from that group we've had. Like, I work at a gas station, and I'm um, in, instead of pay, I'm off. My boss wants me to to do this to do this, right? Or I can get free merchandise if I do this. Okay. So we've had questions like that, and then there are also, you know, really um, our health classes and our schools in our entire region offer an abstinence only curriculum. Mm-hmm. And so if we as caregivers and adults are not talking to our young people about sex, they're getting a lot, they get a lot of information mm-hmm. um, that's just wrong. Mm-hmm. And so when we come in and, and open up this conversation and we're um, willing to really talk about anything, they also ask us questions like, can you get pregnant from oral sex? They ask mm-hmm. a gamut of questions mm-hmm. just about sexuality and right. sex. Um but yeah, a lot of our disclosures come from that group. The other way 
um, is is from um, when people are caught okay. in the act. Okay. So, um, law enforcement, social service agencies, school social workers. Um, what are the outcomes? members? What are the outcomes typically for you when you? So when we meet work? a young person and we've identified that they have been trafficked, no one has to tell us their story to receive services. All of our services are confidential and free, um, and non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. Number one. Um, no one has to share their story with us. There are some criteria that we kind of go through internally, like, uh, do, are there any of these things going on? So mm-hmm. we do have kind of an intake that we don't use with the young people that we encounter. We just do that internally and say, yeah, we, we can identify that this person is either very vulnerable or has experienced some exploitation. Right. Um, and then we start working with them. Right. Um, and do I have time to tell you what we do? Sure. Okay. So when we initially meet someone, often they don't identify as being trafficked. So it's often it's us telling them, um, work we're, we're slowly building trust with them to say, you know, this, this relationship that you're in is actually sounds exploitative. It sounds like you're being exploited. Now this, if this person is their boyfriend, Mm -hmm. um, often they're like, no, I'm not. No, he loves me. Don't say that about. Yeah, he loves me. This is our situation. I just need to make some money to pay our rent or um, whatever. So so there is a process of almost like deprogramming. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. a little bit like getting them to realize, hmm. So that's why we talk about healthy relationships and the other things that are a part of this exploitation. Okay. Then we do a lot of referrals. We're not therapists at mm-hmm. the reach. And so we refer to that. We get their basic needs met. We have a housing program for those that are experiencing homelessness in addition to this. Um, we help them get back into school. Um, one of the first things is traffickers will often hold their documents. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we get them their birth certificate, social security card, ID back. Um, we start looking for work. In some cases, there's some family reunification that can happen. And so if they've been removed from their family, um, if they're from another sure. state or from somewhere mm-hmm. else, or even if their family bonds have been broken, um, we can be a part of that. So really what we do is we let them drive the bus and we walk next to them okay, and say, what do you need? Um, medical care is something else, dental care, things, all of those things that, that if they've been caught up in that life that they haven't been receiving, we try to get back to, you know, normal. Right. As normal as normal could be, I guess. Right. Uh, when we return, we're going to give some information about how we can get in touch with you if we have any other questions. Uh, maybe we want to hear you speak or figure out That's what where, I do. We, where we can get information. Yeah, let me get in front of you. Yeah, Jane Vader. And uh, we're talking about human trafficking. It's Human Trafficking Awareness Month here. KTOE, Middays with Lisa Kay. Back on KTOE, Middays with Lisa Kay. Hanging out in the studio. Just a few minutes left with Jane Vader, who is talking about human trafficking. It's Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And uh, Jane, if people want... Um, kind of an, a recap of things that we need to remember, uh, things to look for. Um, what, what, do you, what would you say our big points are or that your big points are when you speak? Um, so I would say if you, you know, you've heard if you see something, say something. It, it really is true. If you see something that feels uh, suspicious to you, that feels off, um, it may not be a sign of human trafficking, um, but it may. Mm-hmm. It, there may be somebody in danger. Um, when we're when we're talking about bystander intervention, though, it's really important to not approach anybody yourself. 
And so calling 911 is always an option. Um, and there are ways that you can do that. You can call and say this is an emergency. This is not an emergency when the dispatcher answers um, when you call 911. But you can say this is what I just saw. This is where I am. Mm-hmm. This is. But you should not go up and go, hey. You should not go up because it's um, it's it could be dangerous. Right. And so, yeah, you should never approach someone um, directly. Um, but so you could call 911 and then we'll give you my information as well. Um, I have had people who work in homes. There was an electrician one time um, that called and because he had seen something suspicious in a home. And we were able to he called me. He called the number that I'm going to give out today. Mm hmm. And then I called um, the Mankato Police Department, and there was someone being held against their will in a home. Oh, wow. Um, and so that person, that worker, that electrician did the right thing. He right. didn't. And en- he thought he was he- just going there to fix the wires. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And he didn't engage. He mm-hmm. went out to his truck and made and made the call. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, if you, it's really true. If you see something suspicious, it's okay to call and have other people go check out. All right. You so could if, be saving a life. What uh, number do we need to contact if we want to get more information or if we're listening and going, you know what, she should come and speak to my church or speak to my group that I'm involved in, um, things like that. Yeah. What, how do we a, get- yeah. A big portion of what I do as the regional navigator for Safe Harbor is, is community engagement and speaking to um, organizations. Um, I do have some a training for caregivers as well. So the number to call would be 507 381 5511. Okay. You could also email me at jane.vader. That's V as in Victor, A D E R. Jane.vader at lssmn.org. Thank you so much for all that you do. This is a tough job, and we're very lucky that we have you on it and your team. So thank you. Got and a good team. Yeah, I'm going to put the information on after I get off the air today after 12 o'clock. KTOE.com. Jane Vader today. Thank you so much.